fellow clown haters. Welcome to the Court of Owlets. I'm V, and I'm joined by Joe. Meow. No. Meows. Oh, <laughs> 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 I'm Batman. No, okay, I don't want to play this game anymore. In case you were confused, uh, we're going to be talking about Batman... 100 this episode <laughs> you sound so defeated I'm sorry V <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help it I'm surrounded by insane people this is how Batman feels all the time so yeah let's get into it I was pretty excited I mean I think everybody's pretty excited about this um, run with Batman at this point this was honestly the best story arc I've read of Batman in the entirety of me getting back into comics. Really? I mean, granted, when I was getting back into comics, Tom King was in charge. Yes. <laughs> That's valid. And this was Tinian's, like, major story arc. Detective comics aside, like, this is probably the best one I've read. Oh, yeah. This was just his peak storytelling. It was incredible. I loved all of this journey in Joker War. I'm so happy. <laughs> you didn't think it was, like, kind of anticlimactic? I mean, I feel like when it comes to comics and it's going up against a classic villain that you know is it's never going away, it's mm-hmm. always going to end up somewhat anticlimactic because they always yeah. have to live. And I feel like that's just something that you know going in. There are factors that I definitely yeah. was not expecting no. to happen. Oh, and spoilers abound. This is a spoiler-only podcast, FYI. It, I mean, if you haven't caught on the past 36 well, episodes... <laughs> maybe someone's just starting this for the first time, you know? If you are starting this for the first time, I encourage you to go back to when we first started covering the Joker War with Batman 95. Yes, but... Even despite the fact that there seems to be, there's a lot of characters that just have plot armor because they're main characters, they're heroes or villains, it doesn't matter what they are. Can't die, or if they die, they're going to come back very quickly. I was going to say, because if Rick Grayson taught us anything, it's that plot <laughs> armor doesn't always save them. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but then the it brings, heroes. But then it brings them back. But there was a moment where I thought, are they actually going? And then they didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did kind of fake us out with that. Yeah, I mean, it's Tinian. Tinian's definitely not going to go that extreme, I feel like. He went pretty far. Yeah, it, it did. I feel like if they actually wanted to kill the Joker off, it might have actually been in a Batman run, but I feel like it would have been in like a major, huge world event of some kind um, where everyone's reading instead of just, you got to read Batman. I mean, like, they he had this moment where he was like, uh, Batman... Oh, this is actually last issue. <laughs> when he was saying to Alfred, like, you know, I can't do this without you. And he was like, I've seen you fall before, but never come this close to yeah. losing it. And I was like, shut up, Alfred. He's come... <laughs> he's, <laughs> it's been worse. He never lost his fortune before, but he's come close to the edge. Yeah. So this to me, like, I didn't feel the emotional stakes were the highest they've ever been. I mean, yeah. they did try something new with taking away as well, kind of. I feel like it's still not on Bane level. No. It was not Nightfall, but no. it's it's really weird because it definitely seems like it, this should have been really high stakes. Like, Joker 
knows his identity, knows the identity of the Bat family, has known of their identities for a long time, which people have always speculated. But the way it kind of came down, like, it kind of feels like he's pulling his punches a little bit. Yeah, because he, if you go and read the other side stories, like Nightwing, um, the Red Hood, uh, one shot, and Batgirl, he did manipulate and mess with them, but I felt he really could have done more to try and to keep them out, like, Rick definitely was kind of his big, I think his big piece, and um, was not expecting what happened in the latest Nightwing ep- uh, yeah. issue. Uh, so I think that definitely turned everything for a loop, and his huge pawn, pretty much more like his bishop, was just taken from him, mm-hmm. and then he went, oh snap! I do want to say, though, that one of the biggest things I feel like doesn't feel as big is because even though he knows their identities, the fun isn't for the Joker to exploit them. That's not what he was about. He just wanted to tear Batman down to ways that he never could before. It's not that Spider-Man 2 Far From Home ending (laughs) where Mysterio outs him as Peter Parker, you know? The Joker wasn't going into this going to exploit Batman as Bruce Wayne. Well, yeah, but, like, his, his trump card, just that moment when he, like pulls out alfred and he's and batman's like no in the last issue and you're like i mean that was (laughs) how could you not see that was gonna happen batman like i saw that coming i'm not a great detective but look either you you cremate you're dead or you dump him in a lazarus pit at this point in time there is no middle ground you either want them to come back or you want them (laughs) dead and you have to choose your path that's stupid. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. In that part of it, I just felt like like that was the big Trump card. That was kind of the moment. It was between Alfred and the the suit, and it's like, what kind of uh, cake topper is that? He's already had this emotional reconciliation with Alfred, which I thought was the high point of the whole arc. Mm-hmm. And then you have Joker being like, "Haha, I got your Ted Butler," and and then there's. Alfred saying, I wish I was Aquaman's butler. (laughs) Well, I think that was also like the the height of it too, because it's not just the fact that he brings Alfred back, but he doesn't know that Bruce surpassed that. He already had that reconciliation moment. Well, I'm not really talking in terms of like Joker has to be omniscient. I'm saying Mm -hmm. Batman played it up like for the emotion, for our benefit, like, oh no, my butler. And, you know, my mentor. And then, of course, Joker's making grotesque jokes. Yeah. But he's already, like, done all that shock value of playing with the dead. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, like, stale at this point. But, I mean, for us as the audience, like, this was the this was supposed to be the crescendo. So, I'm sorry. I, I jumped way ahead. So let's, let's get into it. So, like, this story starts off at the clock tower. We get to see Batgirl redawning the Oracle mm-hmm. persona. Which I know a lot of people were excited to see. Oh, I was. I am so happy for that. I know that she's most likely going to stay Batgirl, but I would like to see more screen time of her as Oracle. She's way more powerful as Oracle. Oracle's just the best, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Everyone underestimates the man in the chair, in this case, the woman in the chair, because she was just directing everyone. And telling them where to go, hacking into the system, like the broadcast system to inspire hope within Gotham. Like, we've taken back control. We're here for you. And it was just an awesome moment of oh, yeah. that family finally like coming together. It was super cinematic. Like mm-hmm. I think we've mentioned this before. A lot of 
Joker War with Tinian and Jimenez have been super cinematic. It was very, very beautifully done. Played out in my head so smoothly. Or how she, like, ends her speech with that. The bats don't need the light in the sky to come Mm -hmm. help you. That was so Mm -hmm. nice. She's really great. Dick saying, that gave me chills. (laughs) (laughs) Cute. I'm so glad to see Nightwing back again. Yeah, I love their dynamic. He definitely played into some of... He does a little bit of that in every issue, which I really appreciate. He does a little bit of fan service, but it's not like the Gila March fan service. It's yeah. like, we know you love these. We know you have ships. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna give you a little bit of that. Just yep. to remind you of the good old days. And then you're going to go back to what I'm doing, which is something sort of new. Even though I will it, I will say that it kind of hits on similar beats to Nightfall. Yeah. It does. So, uh, yeah, so we got Bullock, we got all the cops running around, and the mayor's like, hey, guess what, guys? We're not going to do anything. We're all going to stand down. And Bullock says, uh, no. <laughs> so he throws his badge on the ground because there's no desk for him to throw it at. <laughs> so he pulls, like, a dirty Harry, and he's like... This badge don't make me no cop. <laughs> I just love it though because like he's talking to himself about it because they said it's either you listen or it's your badge. He's like, oh Jim, what would you do? I know exactly what you would do. All right. Down goes the badge. It's pretty cute too because he like tells everyone like this is your ex commissioner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like rallying his troops. Freaking Harvey man. <laughs> yeah, he's really come a long way. He he's has. heroic now. So then we get that cute banter that we've been waiting for between Nightwing and Oracle. Mm. And he's telling her she gave him chills. And she says, oh, you're just adjusting to spandex in the night air. (laughs) 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 They have their cute little backs and forths. And uh, we get to cut over to Batman versus his defiled future Gotham suit. Joker's taunting him. He's like, why are you so angry? Is it your butler or is it my suit? And Batman's just like, you're just trying to get in my head. And they have like this whole thing (laughs) where he tries to shoot Batman. Batman knocks the gun out of his hand. And then Joker says what I had said in my diary. So I know that I'm being spied on. But basically he was (laughs) saying like, you know, I know why you hate guns because they're boring. You've got so many explosives. <laughs> that carry an even bigger punch. These are, these are too weak for you. I get it. So um, he shows Batman his new improvements. He tries to like fight him, and he's having all of the toxins exploding, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, uh, the Alfred is taunting him. He makes the Aquaman quip. He keeps saying things like, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. You know, all the kinds of demoralizing stuff that joker thinks would upset batman which i still don't understand how you can control so many corpses have them like say exactly what you want them to say Mm -hmm. like yeah that's the only thing that's just been like a major plot hole like how is he actually doing this are we gonna find out that uh punchline's actually some kind of alien who gave it to him but i thought it was (laughs) the the designer i thought it was something from him no because joker killed him Oh, I'm getting it mixed up because he used it on the designer, yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. So we kind of thought it was, like, his thing for a little while. And... I think he said it was nanotechnology, it, actually. It is. It was Wayne Tech nanotech. But it still doesn't fully explain how they're able to say things that Joker wants them to say. Because they said that in the issue right before this when he's fighting a bunch of these zombie people in the yeah. theater. Okay. Worst spot to put something 
that has been a major plot hole for a while in a giant fight. Yes. Please tell us everything. Well, I'm glad we could all pool our brain cell to figure out <laughs> it is nanotech and it is also magic because that's not how nanotechnology works. The magic of storytelling is what she means. <laughs> yeah, that's a little silly. But you know what? This is also the world where cloned people come out fully formed and have the same memories, which is not <laughs> how cloning works. So No, that's that's the other world. That's the Marvel world. This is DC. <laughs> Nah, this, they got Bizarro. No, then they changed his origin. Never mind. We're going down a rabbit hole. Let's let's see. So yeah, so the big thing that I think they were building up to was the idea that Joker was going to drop Batman into the Joker goop so that they could have a role reversal thing. But it doesn't work out pretty quickly. Batman destroys his suit. That part I did not like because Joker has gone on and on and on about how much he hates the Batman who laughs. Yeah! So why exactly. would he do this? The whole thing wouldn't work if he was the same Joker who hated the Batman who laughs. His whole situation where he was trying to take over Gotham, he's doing all this crazy stuff that I thought he would have evolved past just based off of him trying to stop the Batman who laughs from existing. Yeah. So he doses Batman with Joker venom, like some mix of it, right? From the beginning, right? right? And so like, that wouldn't make any sense. In that whole thing, it was like, we're gonna switch around, maybe I'll be Batman and you'll be the Joker. Like, no, because you have gone on repeatedly. You hate that version of him. And he almost tried to kill himself just to keep the Batman who laughs from happening. Like, yeah. He's so freaking scared of the Batman who laughs. Maybe he was trying to taunt and put more fear into Batman by saying, oh, I could turn you into the Batman who laughs right here and now, maybe? It's still not a good taunt because he's actually worked alongside Batman to fight the Batman who laughs. And on top of that, like, the whole, like, hostile takeover nonsense, I think the whole idea of the Edge was that he would get Batman's money. But now he has his money, he's making stupid choices, and at the very end, it comes down to fisticuffs between him and... A much more seasoned fighter, Batman. Which is how it usually ends up. But it's so stupid. His, it's him, and Batman has his gadgets. Yeah. And on top of that, his only backup this time is a dead butler, who's not yeah. even doing any real fighting. He's just kind of gurgling in the corner. Well, that's just supposed to be the, like the emotional trauma to throw Batman off. Because, again, Joker doesn't know that Batman has already gone through like that emotional acceptance in his head true but i i agree with v that this fight against batman and joker just seems really out of left field i understand joker trying to taunt him with alfred and taunting Mm -hmm. him with the suit that alfred made for him but joker would have tried to use his own strengths against batman he would have used sleight of hand and deception to trick batman not i'm gonna try and go one-on-one with you and think I'm gonna win. Yeah, exactly. No, got him good at one point, but he's still gonna get you in the end. At the end of it, this man is the peak of human condition versus a very tall, lanky man. I mean, granted, he was drugged, but, like... Bruce is stubborn as heck, too. (laughs) Yes. Also, his plot armor definitely outweighs Joker. (laughs) And just based on the past, like... Plus... He's with Harley, who's with yeah. Ivy. 
So, like, if he's Mr. Contingency now, like, he should have seen some of that happening. Like, I don't know. I, I definitely expected, like, one more twist because that was kind of Graham Cracker's strength. I know when he blows up Ace Chemicals at one point, it turns to Punchline and she's confused. She's like, that's the last stage. We're jumping the gun. What's going on here? So there clearly was something else that he never got right. to. And we don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Because things were moving faster than the Joker anticipated. But also, how could they not have moved that fast? Is my thing. Like, what what did he think was going to happen? What was the actual plan? Because like, my Batman walks the, in and starts crying. The Joker crying? was expecting like, well, yeah, pretty much. He was still <laughs> expecting like that Tom King Batman where. He <laughs> is no one told him there was a new writer. <laughs> he's oh, wearing no. this. <laughs> You know, the the suit that Alfred made him, and he reanimates the corpse of his butler slash mentor slash father figure. <laughs> and so he's expecting Batman to just crumble because he's not going to want to fight the Joker. He's going to want to, you Cry. know, fix... Well, he's going to want to fix Alfred because he doesn't want to see this important person in his life, like, jokered up. The Joker is still trying to use this as a shock factor... That's all it really comes down to. Like, this was his big moment, and because he sees that Batman isn't as phased by it as he was hoping, he had to jump a couple steps. My other question here, um, aside from blowing up Ace Chemicals for who knows why. Um, Good riddance. <laughs> I'll just build it again. I, don't know. I mean, it's just every other Tuesday over there. <laughs> right. <laughs> but here's the thing. Batman's like, if, let's pretend that there are no other writers. Let's pretend this is the exact same Batman as Tom Keene's Batman. Mm-hmm. Do you think that he's had enough of a journey to become such a different person in that time? Like, what has happened since ba- since Alfred's died that's made him stop crying all the time um he had a second honeymoon with selena on a tropical island and then his father beat up all of his kids something happened where bruce was going to fight his dad and is told his dad to stand down bane was there yeah bane was there but bane didn't do anything <laughs> okay, but like moving past Tom Keene's Batman because he was still kind of a wuss. He yeah. was a wuss. He had Catwoman fight for him, remember? Yeah. He was still a little tag along. So Alfred's dead. The bad guy's defeated. He's mm-hmm. sort of repick he's picking things up. Then the designer's plan starts to go into motion. Right. right. Which we find out it was actually the Joker the entire time. Right, so even if we include, like, what's been happening in Batman and the Outsiders, if we include what happened in Tomasi's run, like, nothing happened that was out of the ordinary, enough for him to have become this stronger person, except for maybe that psychotic episode where he talks to Alfred. I think it was the weird fever dream he was having in Ivy's little garden Mm -hmm. that Harley took him to, because I felt... Once he had, he kind of snapped out of the poison, fought alongside Harley against Punchline to, like, get rid of her, and he finally decided, hey, I'm gonna go after Joker, and I'm heading to Ace Chemicals. You have those two really impactful page spread. It was just Jimenez just drawing a determined man, accepting Alfred's death at that point. Maybe that was his moment. I think it was just, like, the whole Alfred hallucination that brought him up and gave him that acceptance in order to, like, 
get to this moment in his life. Uh, in terms of like the actual run, nothing really like heavily impactful affected him. True. I do think that that moment of talking to Alfred, it earned some points. Like normally oh, yeah. I'd be like, that's not enough. One hallucination later and you're a changed man. But like they covered a lot of ground. <laughs> yeah, they did. Alfred punched him like mental <laughs> Alfred, punched him, which I think he needed. To be honest, Bruce needed to get punched. Listen, it's bad optics after the whole I punch people to communicate because now mm-hmm. we see there's been a cycle of abuse. <laughs> I mean, as in the we bad know, a punch could be a secret message. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> the secret message here is I'm angry with you. The mental Alfred was just so angry that he punched mm-hmm. him, and then he continued to talk. It wasn't just, oh, I'm going to punch you and just sit here and wait for you to interpret this punch because a punch means <laughs> I love you. Well, yeah, because I think he was doing some some kind of like pity thing. Yeah, he was self-pitying himself, and Alfred yeah. was like, No! Snack! Oh, because he was saying, I'm sorry, I failed you. Like, he thought that Alfred right. was berating him, and he's like, No, no, no! You didn't save me. You didn't save your parents. You have to let it go. You have to accept it, because there are people who are alive who need you to be alive, so you can save them. Yeah. And, and then he, like, pressed in with his favorite speech locked and loaded to talk about the importance of family and he's like <laughs> you have what what joker never could have joker doesn't understand family he doesn't understand empathy he doesn't understand people outside of you and him and like you're not like that every person matters to you you believe in family you can beat him by using that power of friendship <laughs> the power of friendship <laughs> And so it is as corny as it sounds, but it was... It worked. It needed to be it, said. Oh, yeah. It definitely it definitely worked. It was so emotionally moving for, like, me as a reader. Yeah. I got the feelies. Especially in comparison to what happened early on in that issue, where Bruce was confronted with all of the citizens of Gotham that he couldn't save because of the Joker. Yeah. It also showed it wasn't just Alfred you couldn't save. It was all of these people. And then we find out that two of the parents that were in the theater that he killed again and burned was Clown Hunter's parents. Like, oh, mm. snap. Like, we're bringing all of this full circle. Like, this is not just going to end or being swept, swept under a rug. And I think it really hit Batman like, oh, I can't save everyone, but there are people that I can try and save. So I have to. And, like, he kind of, having Alfred say it was kind of therapeutic in that it's mm. sort of like that's his legacy. That's the the mm. legacy that Alfred wanted. He didn't want Batman to hang up his cowl and go live on a desert island like Batman thought he did. <laughs> like, he actually pushed in really hard in this saying he wanted him to be Batman. Yeah. He wanted him to be a hero. He wouldn't have done all the things he did if he didn't want Bruce to be Batman. Exactly. And he's like almost talking to the audience in this too. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, I want this for you because I want you to be able to save yourself. And when you are Batman, you are saving yourself and you are saving other people. And it doesn't matter that, you know, sure it's silly, sure it's idealistic. It definitely was dreamed up by a child, but <laughs> the fact is it works. You do save people. It's not imaginary. You're actually saving real people, and you're going to do it again. The child is James Tinian. (laughs) 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 No, I love him. Like, you you could also, like, I think I mentioned this to Joe. You could also tell in Alfred's monologue that I think it was something that Tinian would have wanted to tell 
Batman during mm. all of his struggles with Tom King. Yeah. And it is nice how how distinct every individual writer's Alfred is. Yeah. This one definitely felt very distinct to me. He's way more aggro than, like, what I usually see as Alfred. Even when he's, like, chastising Bruce, Mm -hmm. he has a lot of humor in it. It's kind of like almost to say, like, I'm above it all, but I'm not, like, mad. You know? Sassy Alfred. Sassy Alfred. Alfred. But, like, yeah, (laughs) this one was very intense. It was very emotional. It was very wordy. But it felt earned. But I also feel like it could have been Bruce's, uh, like, that subconscious, those hallucinations, those other things that he's throwing on to Alfred that might have, like, changed this perception of Alfred. Oh, of course, To not yeah. really be the Alfred that he knew. Because we're, like, like you said, we're used to the witty, like, dry sarcasm, like, rolling the eyes, yes, Master Wayne, and just side eyes as he leaves. But also, I don't think that's what what he needed because he he was also mentioning like alfred has this moment with him where he's serving him darjeeling tea and he's one of them was addressing the fact that he would give it to batman whenever he was like really depressed and when he was like really at his wits end to kind of say i know what you're going through but i'm with you you know and that's such an alpha guy thing to do it's like (sighs) i don't want to address your feelings i don't want to have a conversation about this but i'm here bro you know i'm here we don't need words we have the feelings and we keep them inside but we see each other's feelings well because he knows bruce doesn't like to talk about yeah right exactly. but see this is where it's this is where we're breaking character then so every instead of like just talking like yes here's the tea he's saying do you know what this tea means here i'm gonna lay out for you what all this stuff i've been hinting at means i'm gonna say it in plain english we're gonna talk about our feelings we're going to jump right past all the stages of grief. We're going to get to acceptance and we're going to come out of here changed men. Are you with me? And it's like very, it, <laughs> it is maybe a little out of character for Alfred a tiny bit, but like it makes sense that that's what Bruce needs right now. Yeah. I was going to say it's what he, it's what he needs. And because it's the hallucination, it's, you know, it's what his body is trying to push it towards. True. But I also do not want to give Tinian that pass because he makes everyone talk like that. <laughs> everyone's so damn wordy (laughs) like harley will not shut up she's like i mean like i mentioned in wind they're not wordy at all it's so weird i don't know it's fine it's fine it's good writing it's just a lot of it so i mean you're getting your money's worth in terms of the word count is all i'm saying (laughs) yeah at least it's better than uh nine panels of bat cat bat cat bat cat oh, moved yeah. his page to like 21 pages of silence until the last page and all you get is a fucking beep beep <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know what i used to say less is more and now i know that less can also be less so <laughs> it, it's what you do with it i mean on the other hand you can also be grateful that they don't all sound like valley girls oh yes Bendis, get it. It's wordy, but it's bad wordy. It's so funny. I get lost in the word bubbles for Bendis. At least Tinian has a flow. Yes, no, that's true. It just There's keeps going. It moves. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, <laughs> let's Speaking see. of wordy Harley. Back to the story. So, <laughs> Back to two issues later. That I was love our Batman tangent. 98. <laughs> right, but we had to go back because it sets the foundation. So we got the fight. He definitely exploded stuff, and Batman got exploded. And then we see, (laughs) 
as you said, Muse, uh, what's her face? Punch. I like that she calls him Punch, like Punch and Judy instead of like Punchline, which is just punchy. So the purple punchster is what I'm going to call her now, is standing on a building watching it blow and she's, you know, really upset about it. She does a monologue to explain what she's thinking, which seemed a little weird to me. She's just well, it's like, for the reader, that's why. I know, but it's she's not even thinking it. She doesn't have the decency to use a thought bubble. She's like, <laughs> he wasn't supposed to blow the she factory yet. She decision. <laughs> she's just saying it to the sky. She looks out at the city and she goes, he wasn't supposed to blow the factory yet. We're not ready. That's meant to be the next step. I need word from my clowns on the street. Give me a body count. Give me something. <laughs> and she just keeps going. And so, anyways... Basically, what has been set up in the last issue is that Catwoman pulls a hush. Basically, what she did to Mm -hmm. Hush, which was like, I'm going to punch you in the finances because that's where (laughs) you deserve it. So instead of dragging Harley and Ivy like last time, she grabs Riddler and Penguin. And she's like, y'all want some money? (laughs) Let's go do some stuff. So she goes and she rips (laughs) off the underbroker. And he's like... Um, all right, so the Joker has no money now. We have to leave. And he tells Punchline to hit the road, and she just does it. She's just, like, she complains, kind of like I do whenever I run into, like, some problem with customer (laughs) service. But then she just goes, ah, bureaucracy, and she takes off. (laughs) I mean, like, he he said it flat out. He's like, listen, Joker had the money. Now there is no money. Our business is concluded. When you get money again, you know how to contact me. She's been so, like, pissy towards anyone messing up her and Joker's plans. Like, why wouldn't she just try to, like, threaten this man with a knife? Like, what is stopping her? She seems to really, like, act first, think later a lot of the times. She just, I'm gonna go after Harley. She's a co-ed. You know how we all feel about liberal arts majors. (laughs) But what what is stopping her from attacking the underbroker? From what I know, this man has no superpowers. I don't know if he has any kind of martial arts training. He's just a really sly, conniving uh, businessman with lots of money. What is stopping her from throwing her dagger, which she has multiples of, at his face? Because she's pissed. Nothing. I really don't understand their relationship. I don't understand how, why he was on board and why he's not. I guess the money, but she just it becomes a weenie. It is just a, a business uh, relationship thing. Well, but he yeah, could have taken the money back, because doesn't he control the money? I don't know. Well, he does, but Selena stole it from him. Yes, but say I'm the underbroker. I just get ripped off by this chick in a cat suit. Mm. I'm going to be ticked and probably want it back. So I'm going to look at my scary allies, whoever I have, and be like, hey, help me get it back. But it wasn't his money. He's just, he's an underworld bank. Well, whatever. Anyways, he's hes just standing there with no fear in his eyes because he's got a mask on. And he's like, well, that's that. You don't got no money. And she's like, well, I guess I don't got no money. I, <laughs> I'm homeless. She just walks out oh, no. and she's like calling the Joker like they just failed at like resurrecting i don't know an art museum or something she's just like it's all over sooner than you thought and so it's like oh so we knew it was going to be over we knew this was just a it's just a caper for them 
This was never a big deal. Is that what I'm hearing? I mean, she was like, oh, we have a big movement. They can never die. But now she's just like, well, yeah, we're done. I'm sorry. And she's like, and I love you. I just want you to know, no matter how many times you fail in life, I'm going to love you. And then Nightwing. Nightwing drops out of the sky. (laughs) That was my favorite moment. Okay. This whole, this scene in here, this was one of my favorite scenes in this comic. He deserved that, honestly. He did. It was an epic. Jimenez's art of him just standing there was just perfect. Jimenez can draw hot guys. Because he is one. Yes. (laughs) He just looks in the mirror and he's like, that physique, but in a Nightwing costume. (laughs) But also, Dick deserves that after the the stupid Rick Grayson thing. He deserves so much after that Rick Grayson thing. But still, the whole run-up of punchline with her goons saying like you're outnumbered and then in comes the bat fan oh yeah it was very dramatic i'm gonna be a little bit of a spoil sport and say that so we got like 10 clowns couldn't nightwing take them all by himself he could probably but But no it's more dramatic he's got signal i mean like there's things that going down all over the city and you decided you take red robin you take signal mr superpowers you would take Red Hood and Stephanie, and then you've got Cass in the back. And I'm like, we just need Cass. <laughs> I don't know. It looked like they were just having fun. It sounded like at this point they'd already rounded up most of the clowns in Gotham, or uh, because there was no money coming to them, they were already scattering and hiding back into the underground. So there was nothing else to really take care of. And You say that, you're trying to defend them. But, but also, at the same time, Punchline was a big threat. They wanted to get her arrested. So I think they were just... And also just the dramatic yes. flair of it all. That was mostly why. It was a little fan service It's up. It was a lot of fan service. It was really needed. You say that. But also, Oracle just ruins it by her voiceover while they're fighting. She's like, yeah, could you guys hurry up? Because there are 16 more theaters that are uh, currently being run by clowns. So it was <laughs> okay, like, well... <laughs> I don't see it as a ruin. It's just she's doing her job. She's 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 there doing her job. They aren't. I hope Bullock's over there doing his job. Someone needs to be doing their job. You know who needs to be doing their damn job? <laughs> Damian Wayne. Oh my gosh. Damian's missed this entire thing because he was too busy lobotomizing his villains. Rip Damian Wayne fan. Sorry guys. He went down a dark path. He's going to get spanked. <laughs> I think Batman's going to have to confront him, and then they're going to do did. something tragic. Oh, really? In Teen Titans Annual 2 that came out like three weeks ago. No, I don't read Teen Titans. I know, neither do I, but I knew we confronted him. How'd it go? Very poorly, because Damien's missing. <laughs> Batman kills him. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, cool. I'll look into that, because I am a little worried about Damien now. <laughs> How's he doing? Me and you spoke about it when we covered Batman 98. Well, if I were him, I'd probably be like, you're going to go stay with your mother. No, I'm kidding. That was my theory, which you can listen to. (laughs) All right, fine. Guilt me into it. All right, so moving on from the Bat-Fam, we get the return of Catwoman. (laughs) In the best way possible. We get a crotch shot and we get a morale. And we get a butt shot. So it's a little bit of everything I hate. It's not my fave. Just so she can show face, pretty much. Yeah, she... Because she is part of the Bat family now. 
She walks up to a building. She's like, well, I've done my job. Everyone else better get a move on and, and fight. It's basically like a transitionary page where it's like everybody else is fighting. It's like high note. And then there's Catwoman in that moment of silence. Like, oh, lover boy, why don't you? I don't know what she says. <laughs> uh, I hope you're doing well. I don't know. So then we cut right over to Batman and he's Strong in the midst of it. Yeah. Mm. It's just like the grossest Alfred. So supposedly everything was cut off because Joker set up an EMP at the beginning of their fight so he couldn't call for help from his little bat kids. But Oracle sends him a message saying, you know, EMPs don't work on Oracle magic, so I can talk to you, but you can't talk to me. This is pretty much all taken care of. All you have to do is take out the Joker. You think you can handle that? And the answer is no. <laughs> so Joker stabs uh, Batman quite a few times. And Batman just lets him. Yeah. We get a fan service shot of Batman kissing Selina out of nowhere. He's just like, is it, what kind of future did you envision? It was so like, random, but at the same time, like, her suit looks pretty cool too. I want to see a frontal view of that outfit of hers. So does Gillen March. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, yeah, there's this little little shot of them making out because I think it was getting to be too much of a sausage fest between two guys fighting a bunch. <laughs> so it's some visual contrast, but it does feel out of left field. So the Joker does a huge monologue while they fight. He talks about how Gotham hates Batman, how it's always been sick of Batman because Batman tried to make it something it's not. Gotham's fun because it's chaotic and it's evil and people there love evil and Batman's kind of ruining a good thing. And also, little by little throughout this fight, Joker is coming out of that Batman armor and into, like, his regular, like, classic outfits. Right. I think even he was kind of like, this is... Mm -hmm. This was a mistake. This (laughs) (laughs) This didn't have the impact. I I didn't get the reaction I wanted. Mm -hmm. Just gonna put that one away. We're workshopping this set. (laughs) So, my favorite part of the whole comic happens. Yeah. Harley Quinn shows up. And uh, she's got a shotgun. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how you blow someone's eye out and not affect their brain, but she sure did it. I mean, the same way Jason did it to the penguin. Yeah. In Red Hood Outlaw. Yeah, and he didn't shoot him with a shotgun. He did shoot him with a bullet. And it was point blank, so... And then he taunts her. He's like, you didn't get the kill shot. It's like... (laughs) All right. <laughs> she, a joker. she shot you in the the head. It's not her fault. Your brain just bounces bullets off of it. Yeah. But, no, it was wonderfully cathartic, the Harley. Right. All right. So here's the Harley plan. Now, if you read the last issue, you know she tries to talk Batman out of having a basically a dick measuring contest with the Joker. She's like, "You gonna end it this time? We're gonna kill the Joker, right?" And he's like, "No, Harley." isn't the way and she's like well it is my way but if you've read the sirens uh gotham city sirens you know that she's done this before uh she's actually i think done this a couple times where she tries to kill the joker and every time she does she ends up making him better off than if she had just stayed out of it she is her own what do you call her it own worst enemy yeah basically she's the architect of her own demise so she um plays to her strengths once again tries to kill the joker she comes in with a shotgun, she opens her backpack after um, shooting the Joker's eye out, and she has two bombs. Batman just kind of sits there and watches her. 
He's just like, yeah. Harley, what are you doing? <laughs> Granted, he did just get stabbed in the back. I want to also say that's his fault, too, because he just let him stab him. And then later on, he's just like, I did it on purpose, which I hate. Like, it's just stop. So anyways, he he's just sitting there and he's kind of just like, Carly, you know, what's what's up? And she goes, nah, we're going to play a little game. And she tells him he has to make a choice. Either Joker dies or she dies. So she tapes a bomb to him and she tapes a bomb to herself. And the Joker is thrilled. He thinks this is, like, really fun because Batman's in love with him. Not to mention you also have the rolling corpse of Alfred on the floor next to the Joker still. In the burning building. Mm -hmm. So if he leaves, Alfred's body's gone too. Which he should have been in the first place. Why didn't they cremate him? (laughs) They know. They know. You know that they don't do that. They have to have a plot in the front yard of the manor at least 10 percent of the gotham population are grave robbers okay (laughs) do not leave your dead unattended they will become zombies they'll be used by magic people they will one day hold a black ring you gotta you gotta cremate people like a just a law in the canon of dc universe to cremate your dead Especially after Darkest Night. Like, come on, guys. Oh, seriously, yeah. yeah. Blackest Night, sorry. You gotta. So, Batman kind of brought this one on himself. I'm sorry. But, uh, yeah, so she walks in. She's strapping the bombs. Batman's like, Harley, don't do this. Then she's like, well, you were losing. So, this is also your fault. He's like, no, I wasn't losing. I was doing it on purpose. (laughs) I was getting stabbed intentionally. The family is en route. That means that I could just keep him talking and stabbing me, and by the time I look like a pincushion, they'll be here, and they can take him to jail, unharmed. Which sounds silly when he says it, or anyone says it. And so then she's just like, honey. (laughs) She's like, you are talking to the wrong girl if you think that Arkham (laughs) makes him not dangerous. Do you remember my origin story? (laughs) So... Joker starts giggling when she gives Batman her ultimatum. She's like, we're going to keep doing this this loop over and over or we're going to change it. I'm going to give you an ultimatum. You can either save him or you can save me. It's going to go off in a few minutes, so you better get going. And she takes off running. And Batman just stands there with his hand out like, Harley! <laughs> and Joker's so excited. He's like, ah, I didn't see that one coming. She's smarter than me. He doesn't say that, but we all know that's what he's saying. Um, yeah. So Batman says, okay, here's how we here's how we do this. Joker, this is how you disarm the bomb. And save yourself. And Joker's like, no, no, no. I don't want to save myself. I want you to save me. I want you to unlock my chains and carry me out bridal style. Like in all of my fantasies. And Batman just gives him this look like... You're so dumb. And then he, like, takes off. He just walks away like he's breaking up with him. And the look of shock on the Joker's face. Yeah. He's so heartbroken. I I think it's just changed his understanding of uh, his relationship with Batman. Like, he's thought, like you said, Batman's always going to save him. Or try and save him to put him into Arkham to try and make him better. But he finally said, enough is enough. I'm done and turned away from him so i don't even think it was that big of a choice like he clearly states you can get out of this 
but I'm not going to yeah. do it for you at the expense of Harley Quinn's life. So you have to kind of pull up your own pants here. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think asking him to get himself out was a huge ask, right? Yeah. No. He was just like, employ a few survival skills. Also, you suck. And then he just takes off after Harley, which when you think about it, of course, Joker gets away. Of course, Batman's hands are still clean. But if Harley had involved herself, maybe the Joker would be in prison. Right. So she basically helped the Joker once again. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of a little bit cathartic after Tom Keane. Once again, we're undoing stuff that he's done. <laughs> in the precursor to the wedding, or the prelude to the wedding, remember there was that scene in a church? Joker tells Batman that he has to either kill him or let him continue killing people. And then he just kills people while Batman just kind of stutters, you know, and lets him. He doesn't even stop him. That doesn't make any sense. Like, how far can you push the Batman doesn't kill rule? Because, like, he would at least stop him, right? Right. So this kind of undid that a little bit with just, like, you know what? Batman isn't giving Joker special treatment. He's (laughs) gonna protect Harley's life at the expense of Joker's fun times. And, uh... (laughs) We get to see that he did, in fact, make it, sort of, but sort of not, <laughs> because she definitely got hurt. She's been mm-hmm. out for a while. I mean, Ace Chemicals is a big place. <laughs> it takes a while than other than like a one-panel run off into the distance to escape that place. Yeah. It was some nice symmetry though, too, because of after Harley Quinn like nursing Batman back to health. Batman's there to see her come back to health, and he's smiling with her, he's telling her she's right, you know, plotting with her, and then he ends up by saying, I'm glad you're okay. Yeah. And she's just like, are you? (laughs) Uh, And then he, like, tells her about his day. It was just, I don't know, it was nice. It was such a beautiful shot of Gotham, like, the sunrise Gotham City. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, like, golden hour. And I think that um, Jimenez does, like, really good stuff in um, Golden Hour type. Just the way he inks it, it works well with it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so, like, he has this really hopeful end where he's telling her, you know, he thinks he can be a better man, thinks he can be a better Batman now. And, of course, Harley ends it on a really cute quip about health insurance. And, uh, (laughs) And then we get our epilogue, which is basically Tinian's newest character. The ghost yes. maker. Oh, wait, wasn't there? There was a second epilogue. There's three. Yeah. So ghost maker is the last shot of, like, the main story. Mm-hmm. Because he's watching all that in his, like, little tower or whatever. Right. And this ghost maker guy, Tinian has teased this guy. Jimenez has teased this guy. He looks like a cyberpunk ninja. Yeah, I love his design. It's so cool. He and looks like we'll an anime character. Him. I think his debut Shh. episode is, <laughs> or his debut issue is 102. So he's not going to return uh, the next issue. Right, because the next issue is going to be Clown Hunter returning. Yep. Yeah, so there's a little bit of that where, you know, Batman, of course, confronts this kid. So he's a little bit of a smart aleck. His parents were killed by the Joker. He has a different origin story and he wants to kill clowns. He yells at Batman about Batman's failures as a hero, and Batman gives him a card to Dr. Tompkins. God, that was just 
Bruce, I'm sorry. You have taken care of Dick Grayson and did a very good job. You took care of Tim and did a very good job. This kid is like Jason and you fucked up with Jason. There's too many Robins. He can't add another one. Tim just de-ranked himself back to Robin. Yeah, and he's having issues <laughs> with his own Robin son. But I, I'm not asking him to, like, pull this kid under his wing, but he could do better than, like, giving him Tompkins's freaking card. Like, he just told this kid to go see a shrink. I mean, but he also said, too, he's like, I'm not going to stop you now. I know you've killed people. I'm asking you to not kill people again. I will find you. And I will end you. <laughs> he pretty much gave the kid an out. Like, he understood the situation he was put in mm-hmm. during Joker War. Like, he, this kid mounting frustration and resentment towards the ineptitude of the Bat family when it comes to Gotham. And Batman understands this why this kid blames him. Um, especially when he connects with the fact that they were one of the people in the theater that he had taken out earlier. I think he feels a little bit for this kid, but knows he can't get attached because he has enough Robins and Bat fan members. Well, but Batman's always, I know it doesn't seem like it, but Batman has always been picky about his Robins. It's not like he offers yeah, it to true. any child yeah. off the street. Mm-mm. Like, he didn't even want Stephanie on board. And Stephanie's no. not a freaking No, he didn't even want murder. Tim. Yeah. He didn't want Tim, and Tim is probably one of the most accomplished Robins. <laughs> like, this kid mm. was the guy in the chair for a really long time. And even Signal. Like, this kid just... With the guy in the chair for a long time until Batman said, all right, here's the suit you're in. So this kid is a serial killer. Oh, yeah. yeah. And we're not going to say, oh, why didn't he adopt the serial killer? No. That's a I... recipe for disaster. But exactly. he could have done a bit more than, here's a therapist card, I mean, go see her. Yeah, he could have tased him and dragged him into therapy. I mean, but that... I do want to see Bruce try to <laughs> make him Jason's sidekick, though. Why? <laughs> I don't know if Jason's like, a good role model. You hate the Joker. You hate the Joker. No, that's definitely that, a recipe that's for disaster. More, that's more that killers. is be the best buddy cop. No, what are you talking no. About? <laughs> don't take a serial killer and give him training from another killer. Uh, anyway, with morals though, but still. No, he so he definitely says here's here's an out. I'm not going to actually like take you in for mass murder because I understand you're trying to protect your neighborhood. And even if I did, nobody's going to testify against you because they love you. No. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. you know, just know that I will come and get you if you kill anyone else. So don't do it anymore. But, of course, we know that the clown hunter isn't going to stop. It was just Batman kind of showing him, you know, that he sees him. Mm-hmm. I do like how he, like, tries to act so nonchalant around Batman, though. Like, just trying to keep it cool. He's like He's trying real hard. Yeah, and like Bruce tells him, like we need to talk. He's like, I'm not a big talker. I would talk to Wonder Woman though. As he points to like the poster of yeah. her on his wall. He's like, I just dream of her sometimes. Like just nothing weird. Just getting a hug from her. It's such a little kid. Like yeah. it is. <laughs> but I mean, like, come on. Who would it? He want just a hug doesn't from want Diana? anyone to think he's not cool. He's definitely trying to derail the the conversation because yeah. he's, yeah. he's scared, but he's trying not to show it. Mm-hmm. So the third epilogue, Bravado. it's Joker, like a guy in a purple go-go <laughs> jacket with green go-go on it. Gotham, and you're like, yeah, that's uh, oh yeah, and then you see his fingernails are red and his white skin. You're like, yeah, mm. there's nobody else it could be. But the guy sitting next to him is just like, hey, completely normal person. 
let me talk to you about what's been going down. <laughs> but yeah, so they're talking about it. Uh, they're talking about what happened to Punchline. She cleans up. She's just like, I'm just an innocent victim of the Joker. I didn't do anything wrong ever. But I understand if society wants me to be, you know, responsible for everything. She's like, I believed in him. And she does some subtle digs at the city. She talks about how everyone's failed the city except for the Joker. And she starts telling him about the, his message um, and how it fooled her. And then she ends it by saying, and I was wrong because of the killing. But, you know, the message. And she thinks... Oh, and I didn't kill at all. But mm. I didn't stop him. What an extreme makeover she went through for this video that she recorded. She's wearing like a soft like a sweater. Gi- yeah, giant baggy like over the shoulder sweater. The funny thing she to wearing- me is it looks like the template for any YouTuber who got caught like murdering a kid off camera. You know, like any YouTuber, they like <laughs> I just I, all my haters are saying. She even says something like my detractors are saying. <laughs> She does her whole bit. She thinks she's being manipulative. She thinks she's being clever because that's kind of her MO, even though she's just a dumb co-ed doing the dumb co-ed bit. And uh, Joker's just like, wow, she's so good. She's so talented at manipulating people. She even spread my message. And then it turns out that uh, his cigarette is full of Joker toxin. (laughs) Just something that we can do now. I mean, if he can control people with his Joker toxin, I don't see why he also can't be in a cigarette. I guess. And there just happens to be no one else at this bar as well. He's probably killed them already and was just waiting for someone to come in that he looked like him. Or he's been stalking this one guy, waiting to have him alone, because he kind of looks a little bit like Joker's build. And, uh, yeah, so he doses him so he looks like him, and then he puts makeup on his face, and he said, you know, that's gonna throw people off his trail for a little bit. So we're going to see more of what happens with the dead ringer in punchline number one, which is coming out November 11. And that's, that's uh Batman that 100. Yeah. What would you rate it? Honestly, I, I still give this thing like a nine out of 10. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, it's going to be an eight or a nine for sure. Yeah. It's a solid story. Like, I know I had bigger hopes for it, but, like, that's kind of my MO. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it was it was good for what it was. It definitely um, covered a lot of ground, yeah. clearly. It had some fan service. It had some humor. It had some resolution. And even though, you know, things got tied up maybe a bit too neatly, I thought it worked. It's still, like, really solid story, really solid story arc. The art was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Jimenez, and thank you for staying on the Batman run following this series. Mm-hmm. So that was great. Really good job. Really enjoyed this. I'm glad we could all talk about it together. I'll be on the same page for once instead of us like trying to explain to each other what happened. <laughs> we're like, yep, this is what happened, and we all were there, and we all have our own opinions. Exactly. Instead of me trying to bumblingly try and explain what the heck of going on with the X-Men right now in X of Swords because I'm just I'm kind of looking forward to seeing more but I don't know I'm, I'm interested in seeing like some smaller stories play out yeah so other DC comics came out this week aside from Batman Joe would you like to tell us mm-hmm. what they were 
Sure. So you had the Black Label American Vampire 1976 from Scott Snyder and Raphael Albuquerque. Huh. I had no idea that was a DC title. I knew that they were working on this for months. I knew that they worked on this project once before. I thought it was like an indie or something. I didn't know it was tied to DC. So that was pretty cool. Also had the printed version of Batman The Adventures Continue, number five. I believe the digital series is up to issue 13 or 14 now. You also had Deceased, Dead Planet, number four, which was intense. Felt very quick. Sandman Universe, The Dreaming Waking Hours, number three. DC's Young Animal Far Sector, number eight, which I do need to continue reading. Then you had Justice League 54, which was the second uh, death metal tie-in written by Joshua Williamson. Legend of the Swamp Thing, Halloween Spectacular, number one, which is written and drawn by various writers and artists, James Tinian, Ram V, John Timms. And then you had um, Young Justice 19. We're almost at the end of that Mm -hmm. train wreck. (laughs) Well, there were a ton of Marvel stuff. Oh, yeah. And I read none of them this week. But the other comics list that came out in Marvel World was uh, The Amazing Spider-Man, number 49. Black Widow number two, Champions number one, again, because this is starting the um, outlawed storyline where they are trying to crack down on young superheroes under adult age, um, which there are a lot. (laughs) We have Deadpool number seven, The Magnificent Mrs. Marvel number 15, which I think might tie in with the Champions stuff going on right now, Uh, Marauders number 13. Exo Swords tie-in. Pretty much anything X-Men is going to be Exo Swords. So if you're reading any of these other X-Men titles and not reading the previous ones, it's going to be confusing because they just tie into one to the other. There, it's it's one of those events. Um, Marvel Tales, the original Marvel Zombies number one. Miles Morales, Spider-Man number nineteen. Spider-Man Marvel Snapshots number one. Star Wars number seven. Did either of you read the Marvel Snapshots? No. It's interesting. I know it's a collection of different um, stories about that specific character. Might be worth checking out. Sorry, continue. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. Uh, We have Swordmaster, number 11. The official handbook of the Coden Universe, uh, Anniversary Edition, number 1. Thor, number 8. Ultraman, The Rise of Ultraman, number 2. Wolverine, number 6. And X-Force, number 13. Nice. Yep, I need to catch up on my X-Men stuff. Is Ultraman good? You've read the first one, right? No, I didn't get to read it yet. Uh, yeah. I will say Black Widow is interesting. I would pick up Black Widow. It's only a five-issue series. Might be a good one to read up on before the movie comes out. She has amnesia, and she wakes up in this fake life with a husband and child. Oh, and goodness. Bucky and Clint are trying to figure out what happened to her. Please don't tell me she's cloned again, because the last time I ran into Nat, she was a clone. But all of the Nats are clones? Wait, how did that happen? I don't know. I think that was going I think that was going on in, like, one of those weird titles, but it was her, Clint, and uh, Bucky. <laughs> Sounds fun. Yeah. I-, I read some of it, and it was super confusing. I mostly wanted the buddy cop that was Clint and uh, Winter Soldier, and mm-hmm. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> weird. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Definitely pick that one up, and... As I told you guys before, also Falcon Winter Soldier. That's another oh, five yeah. issue miniseries. You've been it pushing just, that. Uh, it's good. That one, Spider Man Noir, uh, is really, really yeah. good as well. Because I think we got the Winter Soldier last week. And it was, it's so funny. Pretty certain they 
gave us this run and the uh, Black Widow one in anticipation for the movie and the Disney Plus show. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that's specs. it for Marvel. X-Men is confusing right now, so maybe avoid it at all costs. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> You're not going to be Marvel's spokesman, but I appreciate your candor. <laughs> you you would need to read like a lot to understand what's going on, and it's all very recent stuff. Nope. That even I'm confused. That is about. fair. I am staying away from X Men on principle until this whole thing ends. All right. <laughs> Sorry, little tangent, but I thought it was necessary. So that's all we've got to say today. I hope that you enjoyed this episode, and we will see you next week. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and YouTube at Court of Outlets. Let us know which comics you want us to cover next week and make sure to stay up to date with our latest episodes by subscribing to the podcast on Anchor, Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever else you like to listen to your podcasts. Bye. Take care. Bye.